It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, October 28th. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. It's been a deadly week for brown bears in Sitka. Authorities dispatched four more animals between Tuesday afternoon and early Wednesday morning. The taking of these bears comes closely behind last week's shooting of a sow and two subadult cubs at Sitka's waste transfer station. The state's area management biologist Steve Bethune spoke to the Sitka Assembly on Tuesday about the high volume of problem bears in the community this year. So far this season, we have dispatched 10 bears, including two just this afternoon. And there are several other bears that have become food conditioned that we will kill given a safe opportunity to do so. For many reasons, which I will not go into detail about now, relocating bears is not a viable option in most cases. Bethune and Sitka police officers euthanized two of the four bears after his remarks to the assembly in the early hours Wednesday morning. One of the bears was killed around 2 a.m. after breaking into a garage on the 2600 block of Sawmill Creek Road. The other was shot just 30 minutes later on Peterson Avenue after causing numerous problems in nearby residential areas. Bethune told the assembly that as long as the root of the problem goes unaddressed, Sitka will continue to have an active bear population. Sitka has a garbage problem and has led to the worst urban brown bear season that I have experienced in my tenure here. Many long-term Sitka residents say this is the worst they have seen in decades of living here. Bears have broken down a garage door, broken into cars, torn into sheds, and ripped siding off of houses. Once a bear is conditioned to seek out food from readily available trash sources, it is unlikely to return to natural foraging behavior. Neither I or any of my agency colleagues like killing bears or the labor that ensues, but will continue to do so as necessary. However, removing bears from the population only serves to treat the symptom and fails to cure the root problem. Bethune urged both the city and Sitkins alike to be more vigilant about their trash disposal. I'm beginning to encourage more homeowners to use electric fences, and we'll soon have a few portable systems that homeowners can borrow for a few days. I would encourage other organizations in the city that have deeper pockets to consider addressing these issues, particularly when it comes to more communal living situations such as apartment complexes, trailer courts, and housing developments. Bethune concluded by urging Sitkins to be proactive and to call Fish and Game, Alaska Wildlife Troopers, or the Sitka Police Department for ideas on how to secure their homes and trash from bears. After months of negotiations, Sitka's garbage shipping problem is finally coming to a head. When the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday, it tentatively approved $3 million in funding for a compactor, but some assembly members were concerned that the loan city staff want to use to pay for the equipment isn't what the money is meant for. KCW's Catherine Rose reports. The new $3 million solid waste compactor will compress Sitka's garbage into bales to reduce the risk of shipping fires at sea. Last year, Alaska Marine Lines announced it would no longer allow several southeast communities, including Sitka, to ship garbage in open-topped containers with limited compaction. Sitka contracts its solid waste shipment with Republic Services, one of the largest waste management companies in the country. Republic ships waste south from southeast communities via Alaska Marine Lines and then hauls the trash to a landfill in Washington. 
Following AML's announcement, the city has been negotiating with Republic Services over who will foot the bill for the compacting equipment. City Administrator John Leach said the city has 10 years remaining of its contract with Republic Services, which puts the city in a tough spot with a tight deadline. If we do nothing, we will more than double our shipping rates right now. That will be passed on to the rate payer. Most of the funding for the compactor would come from the Southeast Economic Development Fund, which was originally intended to bolster the local economy. It's been used to fund projects at the Betty Eliason Child Care Center, to the Fortress of the Bear, and the former Bibco Brewery, among others. But there's a stipulation in city code that lets the city use the money for municipal projects if it will lessen the rate and fee burdens on citizens. Leach said that's how the compactor qualifies. With a zero-interest loan from the CETA fund, rather than conventional financing, the rate increases needed to fund the project would be much smaller. Leach estimated that Sitkins would see an increase of around $4 a month on their solid waste bills. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis thanked Leach for his efforts in negotiating with Republic Services and fighting a good fight to keep Sitkins from absorbing the cost of the compactor. But he said he couldn't support the use of CETA funding for the project. In 2015, there was some changes uh, made to allow this loan to, or this fund to loan to municipal um, entities. I wasn't in support of it at the time, and I'm still not in support of it. I think uh, the reasoning stated that it's too hard to loan to um, economic entities. I think that's reason to change our process, not to loan ourselves our money. So I understand why you're coming for, for this fund. It seems to be the, the easy fund that everybody jumps for first because it's there and unallocated. I don't want this to be the, well, it's there, so let's use this, um, because this essentially kills the fund. Eisenbeis said he'd prefer to pay for the compactor with grant funding, but Leach said the tight timeline with the December 31st deadline from AML made finding grants for a compactor challenging. The conversation about the trash compactor brought up other issues with the transfer station and Sitka's garbage strategy. During public testimony, Joel Hansen called for a long-term plan. We don't, um, we can't look forward forever to uh, to having our, our waste uh, delivered to, uh, to southern Washington state. And member Kevin Knox wanted to see more safety measures in place at the transfer station, following the recent killing of three brown bears that had become habituated to Sitka's municipal waste stream. I, I would really like to see them do more of, and I think this is their really, their bottom line, their responsibility is making sure that facility remains safe for public and the wildlife. Um, there are some simple fixes that could have been in place given the, the increased bear activity that we've seen. Assemblymember Dave Miller said the city would need to develop a sustainable long-term solution to managing its solid waste and be prepared to make those changes once the 10-year contract with Republic Services ends. And he said the risk of fires, as Sitka's former fire chief, was something that concerned him too. You know, if those barge fires are interesting fires. You don't fight them very easily. Um, when those things are stacked up full of garbage, or so not even garbage, whatever's in those containers, they just burn until they burn out, basically. There's no way 
Sick Fire Department's going to have a tough time dealing with that fire if it happens here. Ultimately, the Assembly voted 4-2 to two in support of borrowing $3 million from the city's Economic Development Fund to buy the compactor, with Mayor Steven Eisenbeis and member Kevin Knox opposed. The issue will come before the Assembly for a second and final reading in November. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. When the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday, it updated the city code to include a land acknowledgement at all future assembly meetings. This comes just weeks after the Sitka School Board approved an indigenous land acknowledgement for its meetings. The assembly's acknowledgement reads, The Assembly of the City and Borough of Sitka would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional first people of Sitka. With gratitude, we proceed on Clinket Ani. Assembly member Kevin Knox sponsored the ordinance with Kevin Mosher. I think it's important for us to, no matter who we are, um, as Dr. Wayne pointed out, know where we came from in our past, present, and into our future. Uh, and I think this is a, a, a place where we stand. And it's something that I think is, is important for us to acknowledge. During public comment, several voiced support for the ordinance, including Tori O'Connell Coran. I also support this ordinance. I think it's um, past time. It's uh, succinct and, and uh, quite appropriate. Only one person, former Assembly member Valerie Nelson, called in to speak against the ordinance, saying it would promote divisiveness in the community. Mayor Stephen Eisenweiss said he'd presented the language to the Sitka Tribe of Alaska Tribal Council to ensure enacting the acknowledgement would be appropriate. At its last meeting, the Assembly spent some time considering the language of the acknowledgement, ultimately replacing the word thanks with gratitude. Assemblymember Crystal Duncan called back to that discussion with a quote. Build people up by encouragement. Give people credit by acknowledgement give people recognition by gratitude. And so, again, I just have to thank the folks that brought this forward, the Kevins, um, by choosing, we're choosing to use our words to do this very thing. So, gunachish. The land acknowledgement will be read by the mayor at future meetings before calling roll. In addition to Sitka, land acknowledgements are current practice before public meetings in several other places across the state. No new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka on Tuesday, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. Sitka will remain on high COVID alert, but the weekly COVID case rate dropped from 21 to 11, according to the state's COVID dashboard. The state's COVID tally for Sitka also shifted slightly. Yesterday, the state was reporting 1,190 total cases since the pandemic began, 24 hospitalizations, and five deaths. On Wednesday, the total case count dropped by one. The infection rate in Alaska continues on a downward trend since peaking in the second half of September. Statewide, there were 4,800 new infections reported last week, a 13% decrease over the previous week. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.